Welcome. I'm Antonio Baldovinos on my podcast called Impacting Leaders. My goal is to add value to your life and speak to you about all things pertaining to leadership. If you've ever started something, this podcast is going to be really helpful. If you're thinking about starting something, you're going to learn some things about the various cycles that you go through when you do start something. I love talking, learning, and uh, growing in leadership. I love leadership principles. I'm always growing in leadership, and my heart is to equip, empower you to be a great leader and to have a greater influence. Discussing today, I want to talk to you about leadership cycles. I think it's critical and huge, and I wish I knew this a long time ago, but I didn't, and I'm still learning. Discussing today, I'm going to be talking to you about leadership cycles, and I think it's so important, so critical, because where you are, where you're starting, is not necessarily where you're going to end up. That's sometimes really good news. Uh, But where you are, also you need to learn where are you in the cycle of growing and leading and influencing the things that you're doing. If you know where you are, then you can actually properly invest the right resources in the phase or the cycle that you're in. And even, even for you to know the mindset and the emotions so that you can actually properly invest your emotions and your mindset properly because you know where you're at. Every organization, every business has a cycle or has a life cycle. Your home business, your online company, your tech company, your non-for-profit, your business, whatever it is, they all have life cycles. It's like having a different season, like you're in a different season and a better way to look at it is kind of like you're raising a kid, you know, your your child starts, you know, newborn and then they, they turn 18, 19, 20 years old and every one of those, you're going through a different phase, a different cycle and you're investing different, you know, you're investing your time and your energy and your finances in a completely different way because they're in a different season. And so you're not going to invest your time in a teenager like you would when they're a newborn. And so, you know, I have six kids and so I get to see the different seasons that they're in and how to engage them, how to talk to them, how to show them respect or how to you're always taking care of them 24-7. And so, you know, depending on where they're at, you have to learn how to invest yourself in them. So everything has a different cycle or a season and never before in history. Has it been possible to grow or scale up your business as it is today? At the same time, never before in history can a business or a non-for-profit become obsolete as quickly as it is today as well. It reminds me of one of the principles of branding. I love this book that I read a long time ago. It's called The 22 Irrefutable Laws of Branding. Of branding. And branding is so important. And there's a principle in it. It's called the set of mind. It's the the point of the principle, the set of mind, is that, you know, whatever you have uh, as a perception can become a reality for people who are who are buying something or even for those people who are selling. The point is you can't change a mind that easily once a mind is made up. 
in the marketplace, for example. Let me show you this story. For example, the Xerox company, they made, they're known for making copy machines, but it tried to go into computers. So 25 years and $2 billion later, Xerox is nowhere in the computer business. Once a mind is made up, it's going to take a miracle to change it. Some companies are able to adapt and to change and to be fluid with the way things are going, the way things change, the way um, you sell things. Social media, for example, has changed the game. Obviously, the online uh, business has changed the game, the way we communicate, the way we market and promote things, the way we even make things. It's become so easily to make a product nowadays because of the things, how things have changed. And if you're not able to adapt and change, man, you can become obsolete. And I've seen so many companies that have really tried to change. And because they created a set of mind in someone in a category, they really can't change a mind. So what I really want to talk to you about is how to change, how to grow, how to adapt, and especially know the season and the, the phase that you're in. That's why I think this is so impro important. This is good stuff that I think I'm going to be talking to you about. So it's important to know where you're at in the life cycle of your organization. If you don't know where you are, you won't know what to do. So let's start by breaking this apart. I want to talk to you about seven phases, seven cycles in an organization, in a business. The first one, obviously, is the startup phase. And the startup phase, things can become, well, they are, they're really, really awkward. And it's by far the scariest, the scariest stage, the scariest phase. It's when you have no clue what you're really doing, but you have an idea, you have a vision, you have a picture, and you're really under-resourced. You can't really attract staff or a team. And even if you could, you couldn't pay them because you don't have any money because you're just starting. And I've been here more times than I can count because I've started a lot of things and it really can become scary. You have a vision, like I said, you have a vision, you have a picture, you have an idea and you're willing to go after it. You're willing to put in the, the hustle, the work. And, you know, it's really, really awkward because you're really figuring things out. I'm actually here right now because I'm actually starting a brand new online business. It's a And not only is this new for me as far as starting a new online business, but it's also a, a brand new industry for me. So it's a big, big learning curve. And every single day I'm learning, every single day I'm, I'm digesting new content on how to do things better, how to create methods and, and really how things work as far as selling and marketing and, and creating new products. And, you know, I, I've come up with a brand new product that by the time you're hearing this, it probably won't be on sale, but I'm creating a master events planning curriculum that's going to be sold online and people are going to get a really good student experience. They're watching it and they get a workbook. They can take down notes. It's everything to do with putting on large events, how to market, how to how to rent out a venue, what to look for, what questions you should ask when you're even walking into a venue, how to rent a sound and light company. I've done lots of events for about 20 plus years around the world, India, New Zealand, all over the U.S., Canada, Latin America. And so you have to really learn how to 
go into a venue, what to do, what to say, what to look for, how to rent a sound and light company, what type of questions you should be asking, all sorts of things, how to market it, how to promote it. I remember 10 years ago, I didn't even do Facebook ads and the last 10 years, nonstop Facebook ads to promote an event. And uh, it used to be newspaper and radio. I remember in 2008, I did an event in Kingston, Ontario, where we spent $100,000 on, on um, uh, getting advertising, getting, you know, booking, booking uh, uh, newspapers and putting up ads in the newspaper and putting up uh, things on the buses and, you know, like billboards on the buses. And we put all sorts of money on radio and, and even TV advertisements. Like, it's crazy that I wouldn't even spend a dollar on any of those things today. I would spend all my money on social media. I'd spend money on on making promo videos and and making them shorter. The promo videos in the past were five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes long. Now they're 30 seconds to 60 seconds, and those are good ones. So everything has changed. And so with the things changing, you have to learn how to adapt. You have to learn to change yourself. And you can't really be stuck on a method. You know, a lot of people get so stuck on a method and they almost in a romantic way, they're in love with that method. And you got to change. You always have to be changing. Whatever's working, go with that. Because if you have an end in mind, you're going to have to, you want to put that out there. So I'm kind of there now, just learning a whole new way of doing things. And, and it's exciting, but it's also really, really awkward. And so one of the things that I always have to remind myself, and I want to remind you when you're in this phase, don't despise small beginnings. Don't even compare yourself to other people. You can learn from other people. You can lean from them, but you definitely do not compare yourself to them. Or what's going to happen is you're going to stop before you even begin because, man, if they're already on the market, if they're already doing something, you might as well not put your voice out there. You might as well not put your mark out there. You might as well just stop because they're already doing it. They're better. They're bigger. They got a bigger social media platform, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you stop before you even begin. But I don't believe that the, the markets are flooded with too many things. Because there's no one like you with your personality and your experience and the things you've done. And so you might as well try. You might as well go after it. So don't stop before you even begin because you're really comparing yourself to someone else. And you really have to believe in your vision. You have to uh, really buy into it and what you picture and what you imagine. That's why it doesn't work to compare yourself to other people. You can learn from them. You can see their methods and their styles and their forms and what they're doing. You can definitely uh, learn from them for sure. But what you want to do, you want to make sure that you're always doing in this season, this awkward phase, is you want to you wanna know where you're at, but you also want to obsess about the why. That's probably one of the most important things. Obsess about the why. You keep that why, that vision, that imagination, that idea Uh, up front and center in your life. The why keeps you from giving up when you want to quit. I like to make, when I first start something or I have an idea or a picture of something, I like to make a document and I write the what, the why, the where, and the when. And this has helped me a ton. You want to keep that vision in front of you all the time. 
For example, if you're losing weight or you're gaining muscle size, one of the most important things that you have to do is you have to keep that picture or the statistics uh, right in front of you because this is going to help you go there. It's going to help you obtain something. It will be your motivation and will help you not to quit because you're going to be tempted to quit many, many times. I like personally, I like to watch fights. I'm a big, um, I like watching boxing. I like watching mixed martial arts. And um, one of the things that I that I love to see is the behind the scenes in preparation for their fights, these boxers or these MMA fighters. And one of the things they have to do is they have to keep that vision in front of them as they prepare, because they're really preparing for war. They're going to they're going to go for in in battle, and they don't have room to have a lack of motivation or to be led by their feelings. You know, today you feel like it's a day you don't, or you know you have all these questions. They don't have room for that. They sign the contract and they're going to go to war. They're going to go to for, in a, in a fight in the next ninety days. So they got to get ready. And they have to keep focused on what they're doing and why they're going into battle. They keep that picture in front of them. And I like to see one of the things, if you watch the Rocky Balboa fights, he has a picture of his opponent on his mirror. And a lot of these guys, they do. They have a picture of their opponent on their fridge. So every time they're opening that door, that refrigerator door, they're seeing who they're going to fight and they're going to go after it. They get hungry. They, they know that they're in a the battle. They're gonna, they're, they're, they know why they're uh, in the fight. They know why they're preparing. They know why they're waking up early in the morning or not eating uh, the things that everyone else is eating or working when everyone else is chilling and relaxing because they have a vision in front of them. A lot of people don't have a vision in front of them. Therefore, they quit. They stop. They don't work as hard. So you have to be constantly putting that picture in front of you as a reminder. And some of the things I know that even, let's just, let's just take uh, losing weight, for example. The, the, the seasons that I'm losing weight the, uh, more or gaining more muscle size is because the next day I'm learning a little, a little tip on losing weight or gaining muscle size or doing that routine a little bit better or learning how to do a sprint or learning how to do cardiovascular or hit or intermittent fasting or whatever there is. I'm learning something new and I'm keeping it in front of me. And this is going to help you tons in this phase. You're always learning something more. This will help you keep focused and motivated all at the same time. You also want to work on the what. You need to have a workable business model. This is going to help you with the money part, the the office part, the team part. Uh, if you're looking for customers, it's going to help you with the customer part. This will keep the goals in front of you. And this will help you, you know, knowing what you should be doing right now. And, you know, a lot of people talk about what they will do, but they just don't do anything right now. So one thing that I have found helpful is not only writing down my goals, but also my projections. I like aiming with a timeline to do something. The, I learned this from uh, working on events because you you have you know where you're going, you know what you have to do, you know the date, you have the location, you have the speakers or the, the artists that are coming, and now you have to build it. And that working timeline is going to help you with the milestones and reaching those goals because you got to get there regardless of how you feel or how you want to quit. And many times in this area, you want to limit yourself. And so 
I tried to not only just make expectations, but obviously reachable expectations. So maybe ask the question, if I really want to go after something, what could I do to make that happen today? I think that's an important question. What can I do to make that happen today? And then search for the who. Who is really going to help you to, to determine what you can do? You might not necessarily find the perfect people to work with you, but what you definitely don't want to do is you don't want to settle with the wrong people. And I've learned this the hard way. You know, when you're in desperate season in the, you know, creating phase, you kind of, you're so desperate because you think you need the help. You're so desperate that you'll take anybody to help you, even if they're the wrong people, even if they don't have the qualifications, even if they don't buy into the vision, even if they don't have the values that you have, the working determination, you know, or the characteristics or are they so insecure that they're just there to help you but really not take care of the vision? So whatever you do, do not compromise on what you're going after because you feel so desperate that you'll take anybody, anybody and whosoever. They're living, they're moving, you know, they can kind of help you. Maybe you don't really know. I think it's easier, I think if you're so desperate to Take someone, but not really give them a title or a position, some sort of entry level, and let's see what they're about. Let's see what they can offer. Let's see how hard they work. Let's see how much they buy into it. Uh, And then you can learn about them and see where they really fit. So sometimes when you're desperate, when you're starting out, you're really desperate that you'll take anybody, even if they might be dead weight. So be careful for that. The second phase that I want to talk to you about And I'm going to go through the other phases kind of briefly. I'm not going to take too much time on all of them. But the second phase in this cycle is called the riding a bike phase. The riding a bike phase seems like things are moving. They're actually working. And I like this phase. This is one of my favorite phases because this is, it's a fun, it's a fun phase. The right things start to happen. Your business or your non-for-profit is growing. You're closing deals or you signed your first contract or you're starting to see some things happen. People start believing in it. You know, not just you. It wasn't just you believing in something and it was a crazy, stupid idea. But now there's actually some traction. Now there's actually some forward movement and you're actually enjoying it. You're taking risk because you have to. You don't have much to lose, so you're taking risks no matter what. And you're starting to get that early buy-in from people. And this is where your organization is making myths and legends. The stories that you're going to talk about later on. Like, man, did you see that? And, you know, I didn't have that, but that happened. And you start seeing those miracles. And you're doing some crazy, stupid things, but they seem to work. So I really personally like this part. It's probably my favorite part because what you envisioned is actually working. Now, you're not there yet. You can't coast, but you see some things actually taking place. And it to me, it's a lot of fun. People start believing in it, and you weren't so crazy to them. The third phase that I want to talk to you about is the downhill phase. The downhill phase is more, there's a lot of rapid growth. It feels like, it feels like you're, you're hanging on. It feels like things are going awesome. This, this is also a little awkward. 
It's a little awkward phase. You're, you're probably feeling a little overwhelmed. You're excited. Uh, sometimes you're stressed and maybe even all at once, all at the same time, you're feeling overwhelmed, excited, you're stressed out. You know, you, you don't really have everything figured out. There's a lot of tension between who you were and now you're growing. It's stretching you a little bit. So you're like a teenager. You're just figuring things out. You have more opportunities than resources and it can be a little frustrated. You see where you need to be, but you're not sure how you're going to get there. This is probably one of the most difficult phases for a leader for two main reasons. Number one, you have outgrown some of your leaders. You have to make the right people decisions in this phase, even if it means cutting ties with some of them and some people that you even started out with. And I think I personally have the most difficult uh, time in this because, you know, those people uh, helped you get to where you're at and you kind of feel loyal to them, even though they're not growing, they're not changing, they're not adapting, they're not helping you grow uh, as far as the organization is concerned. And because you've been through the trenches, you want to stay with them. And, but, and, and turnover really is, is, is really, really difficult. Uh, where you're, you know, you, you might have to say goodbye to certain people. You might have to say, you know, you, you're not with us here anymore. Maybe you, maybe there's something else for you. Maybe you could go somewhere else and maybe you might even help them go somewhere else. But it is a difficult thing for a leader. Um, but if they're not really growing with you and changing and helping you to go to the next level, and some of that is that they're growing too. If they're just, you know, micromanaging because that's where things were when you started and they're not really delegating and, and growing the team, then that can be really, really challenging if you really want to go to the next level. And leaders are, you know, especially entrepreneur and pioneering type leaders, they're often rebellious by nature. So founders, you know, they, they start things and they don't always know how to sustain things. So you must surround yourself with the right people to empower so that you can actually succeed and go to the next level. So it is a a difficult season for sure because you're growing. And the next phase that I want to talk to you about, it's the fourth phase, is called the breeze phase. And this is as good as it gets. That's why I wrote down. It's as good as it gets. You're growing, but not too fast. You're making money and you're making a difference. Your team is the right size. Your employees feel valued. Everything seems balanced. Your systems are efficient and flexible. Your leaders are transparent and trustworthy. Your values and your actions are actually in alignment. And this is what you've been working for. It's kind of what you pictured. And so I would tell you, if you're in this season, enjoy it. This is where you want to stay for the rest of your organization. But don't take it for granted because even in this phase, you're a little vulnerable as well. It's easy to become complacent. It's easy to, you know, take your foot off the gas pedal, if you will. It's easy to lose that sense of urgency the way you were before. So if you're not careful, you could get caught up in not working as hard, not working as, as, uh, you know, as diligent and as aggressive as you once were. I'm not saying that you always have to, especially when you're starting up, uh, you always think in your mind, this is temporary, so I'm just going to hustle. I'm going to work my butt off. 
and you kind of lose the balance of a balanced life where your body's in check, your physical body's in check. You're kind of eating at all hours because you got to get things done or your relationships are not not uh, in check and you're not really spending time with the people that you love because you're really thinking temporary to get something going. And so in this phase, you kind of want to get some of that stuff back. You want to get the time that you put in and you want to uh, relax and chill out. But, you know, you you do you do want to enjoy your life. You, you're not there just for the organization. But don't take off the gas pedal completely. And you still want to be watching things. You, you don't want to lose the, the, the vision of what you started and where you're going. So you want to be careful. You definitely want to enjoy it. And if you can find a way to stay here, yeah, you want to stretch, you want to grow, and maybe you grow in departments rather than just grow overall, and you start breaking things apart so it becomes more efficient and things can grow. And number five, the fifth phase that I want to talk to you about, this is getting hard phase. It's like being on a treadmill. You know, when you're losing weight, you got to get on the treadmill. You got to wake up early. You got to maybe not even have food in your stomach. And it, it sometimes it, you're waking up and you're like, oh man, this is hard. Why am I doing this? And you're questioning yourself. And this is kind of how it feels. In this phase, the work gets harder and you're also getting less done. And three problems always present themselves in this season or in this phase. Decisions, because your organization has grown, Decisions take longer. There's more people involved in the decision-making. So progress is slower and frustration is higher. So if you're in this phase, you stop taking risks because your team grew and you have a lot of people to help you make decisions. That can be good and can also be bad because they have taken ownership, but it can also slow things down. So if you don't have the right people thinking properly for for the whole picture, then this can be really, really difficult and really, really challenging to see things grow and mature and go to the next level. But when things get bigger, you definitely need people. So it's like what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Here you are. Things have grown and you need those people, but the decisions take longer. So you got to find ways. You have to change some uh, systems in order to not slow down the way decisions are made and you got to look at the people are here they are are they helping you make the right decisions for the whole organization for the whole nonprofit or are they making their decisions for themselves or just for their department or are there insecurities that are going on you have to ask so many questions to yourself and you might need some help to make the right decisions because what happens is you're going to lose efficiency when things get like this your buy-in starts to erode and people start caring more about themselves than the mission. And veterans leave the team because they lose passion and they lose interest. And what also tends to happen is um, people get ter uh, territorial. And so what happens is standards get lower. You lose collab collaboration, clarity, focus, progress, movement. Everything starts slowing down and dying out. And to be honest, this can be so hard when you start seeing this because excitement tends to wane a little and the inspiration. So what I would suggest during this season, if you start seeing this around you, is you have to share vision, share new goals, 
create a stronger culture of values. I'm going to repeat that again. What you want to do in this season is you want to cast vision. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is the mission? What is the cause? What is the passion? What is the why? You want to learn to cast this vision again and again and again. You want to share new goals as well. If things have stopped, if things have stopped moving and growing, then create new challenges, create new growth, put those goals in front of everyone. And then you want to make sure that you create a strong culture of values, a strong culture of values. This will be the most important thing, the strong culture of values what you're doing, what you're doing, and then you impart it to everyone. And you want to try to keep the morale strong and high in this season, in this phase, probably the most important. Keep the morale high. Number six, the sixth season or cycle. It's the sticky cycle. This isn't the this isn't that fun anymore. You have grown, you start putting in structure that makes things a little sticky. Administration tends to complicate and strangle the progress. Policies become more important than people. I've seen this too many times. Policies and tasks become more important than people. Values and actions are not in alignment. Trust is uh, fades away. And if you don't have trust in your team, with your people, the people that you're working with, I, I'm sorry to say things are not going to move. If there's always suspicion, if there's always questions, you're stuck. You're stuck right there. There's no point in going after the task or the goals or the vision because trust is not there. If you don't have trust, then you're always going to be questioned. Everyone's going to be challenging. Oh, everyone's going to be suspicious. Why are you doing what you're doing? What, what's that? Why are, you, why are we coming up with that new goal? Why are we coming up with that new picture? Why should we be doing that on social media? Oh, let's see who's going to get famous. Let's, get, let's see who's going to get more well-known. All those things come into play because trust is not there. So the number one thing you should be doing during this season, if you're there, is to work on trust. And trust does take time and people have to give trust. Um, and really how to build trust is by time being spent together. If, if people aren't spending time together, even outside of work for fun, then trust is not necessarily going to be there. So what this is probably the most important thing that you can do. You want to make sure that you're trying to build with the people and with them is the most important thing. That way you can have trust and then you can move on forward with the values, the goals, the vision, the picture. And you want to remove and if you start seeing policies and, you know, just the administration of things and things start slowing down, you want to you want to bring things back into alignment and start uh, changing things. Number seven, the seventh thing that you want to we want to talk about cycle. This is things begin to die out cycle. Things begin to die out cycle. If you find your organization in some sort of treadmill or in the mud, you must have the courage to acknowledge it and to do something about it. It might be you as the leader. You might have to walk away. You might have to empower and release it to someone else. If you want the organization or the nonprofit to keep on going, to stay alive, to, to go to the next level, you might not be the person to take them there. 
It might be your number two person in command. It might be your number three person in command. You might you just have to look at it. You maybe it's your number two person slowing things down. You, you I'm not saying you're not, but you really want to look at things. You're really past just making small tweaks. You might have to recreate it. Often this means you'll need to change your approach. And as the leader, it's important for you to discern where your organization is at in these cycles. If you don't know where you are, you won't know what to do. So out of all the phases, every leader wants to stay in the fourth phase. That phase that it's easy and it's fun and it's kind of a breeze. If you're in a sticky cycle or a treadmill cycle or things start to die out, well, you might have to jump. You might have to change things. You might have to change the way things are done, not just the methods, but also your approach at things. If you're not making hard decisions, then things won't change and things will definitely die out and you might have to just jump ship. It might just be time to close the doors. And you don't really want to look at it that way, especially as a leader or a founder who started something. You don't want to you don't want things to die out because you worked too hard to get there. You had too much fun. You have too many memories. And there's a lot of romantic ideas connected to it because you had a picture in your mind of what it would take you in the next 30 years, 40, 50 years. You, you know, you had this picture in your mind. So leaders have to make the tough decisions and it might be removing certain people or it might be removing certain departments or it might be, you know, streamlining certain things or it might just be removing yourself. You don't know, but you want to evaluate where you are. What you can't afford is not knowing where you are at in the life cycle of your organization. Now, just to summarize, first phase, that's the startup, the startup phase. Second phase is like riding a bike. Third phase is the downhill phase. Fourth phase, it's a breeze phase. That's where you always want to be. Fifth phase, this is getting hard. Sixth phase, it's the sticky cycle. And number seven, things die out. So if you like these podcasts, I want to invite you and I want to ask you if you would share this with other people. Make sure that you subscribe to it. Subscribe to this podcast. Also tell other people about it. If you can sign up, uh, go to impactingleaders.org. I uh, would love to communicate with you by email. We have so many things that we're creating and putting together for the future with free resources, but as well as other resources that we're putting together for you in the future. So one way that you can connect with us is by email. So impactingleaders.org is one way that you can connect with us or check me out on social media, Antonio A. Baldovinos. Uh, so that's where you can connect with me. So thank you for joining me and listening. I look forward to sharing with you more on Impacting Leaders.